podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to AI Scouted. I am not Irish, nor am I Dave. He is skiving, I will go with. I'm not sure what he's actually doing. Um, but I'm with Carl. How are you doing, Carl? No, I'm also not Irish and I'm also not Dave. But, you know, we can't it's all a, win. It's a good podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so we're doing the last game. We know all about Lask, especially me. I'm, I am one of these football experts. So, Carl, Lask, what is a Lask? What is a Lask? Um, I barely know where to start with this. Let's go for the obvious, just in case people haven't bothered to already look. They play in Austria. They're in the Austrian Bundesliga. They had a, a reasonable season last year in terms of Austrian football, and they're currently third in the table. Uh, seven games played in Austria so far in the Austrian Bundesliga. But to note, um, although they've had a good start, they've, they've only lost one of the first seven. Their last like few games, let's say, where the results have come, they're all against the teams who are down the bottom. So they've had a, a reasonably nice start to the season in terms of uh, fixtures, for example. Um, I think the last four games have been against the bottom sort of six teams. So it's it's not been the most tricky start for them in terms of uh, domestic action, but I do think that they're going to struggle probably in the Europa League group as a whole. Mm. I mean, my only point of... I can't remember what year it was. I remember them being in the same group as United either a year ago or two years ago. I'm pretty sure United battered them in both games. Um it was it was three years ago and three it was five ago. nil five nil to Man United um in in Austria and two one to United in their game at Old Trafford. So the Old Trafford game wasn't too bad. I'm guessing United may have played a rotated team there. Um to put you on the spot, Carl, is there any players you know of or are of interest or anything? Of Lask. Yes. Oh yeah, loads, mate. Absolutely tons of them. <laughs> um, right, we might as well start at the top and go through them a little bit, and maybe get a sense for how they've who has been performing this season or who hasn't. So, first choice goalkeeper is uh, Tobias Laval, uh, an Austrian goalkeeper, and has been, let's say, a youth. <clears throat> excuse me, a youth international. He's only twenty three, so fairly. You know, still still young enough for a goalkeeper, but he's not a, an international um, in his own right at this point. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, gives you the sense already that we're not looking at the very elite end of, of Austrian football. Um, a couple of names who people may know about, perhaps. Um, who are we going to go with? Andres Andrade is... Uh, 
he was he was known in certain circles uh, not too long ago. He's a Panamanian defender. Uh, he, he had a penchant, as as several of the Panamanian defenders do, of picking up quite a lot of bookings. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, so I mean, he he's generally been a first choice, playing either central or left. Um, Philip Weisinger's there. I don't think he's he's involved at the minute. Um, not, not playing in the Europa League, so we're not going to be seeing him. I think he's had an injury quite long term. Not going to lie, I've no idea what he did, but I just know he's he's still there. So Sasha Horvat is another one who played in midfield. Um, Branko Jovicic, possibly uh, one of the ones that people would know from midfield. He's a Serbian. He's obviously been around the scene in uh, throughout Europe for, for quite a while now. In attack, I think the biggest names that they've got left there now, Musa Kone is probably one. He played in, in Germany and in France for a little while. Uh, so maybe a familiar name, if not necessarily a familiar face. But generally speaking, they they don't really have any big name stars or you know faded stars or anything like that. One of the most important players this season, just by output and productivity, uh, Robert Zulj, who plays as uh, sort of an attacking midfielder or second forward for them. He used to play in like Union Berlin, Hoffenheim, that sort of place. But I'll be honest, I don't even remember him being particularly good there. So. Mm. He's a he's a key for them. He's a captain. He's you know the the one that much revolves around in terms of attacking play. But this is not like when we're in the Champions League and going up against you know let's say a, a Salzburg not too long ago. You could pick out half a dozen players who were either brilliant prospects or had already hit the headlines. That kind of thing. This is is not going to be the same. Yeah, I mean it's a strain because. We obviously had the Salzburg experience a few years ago and they were overly impressive, but that is the Red Bull group, so it's a completely different stratosphere of football, so it's a, a pretty much a pointless comparison, isn't it? Um, I mean, should we just move on to Liverpool already? <laughs> I mean, we may as well just look at last last couple of matches, let's say, um, just in terms of, uh, let's be very, very clear from the outset, we're going to look at what the internet says they did because I didn't watch the games <laughs> and I'm damn sure you didn't watch the games. Um, oh, it was, it was what I was doing over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, neither of us even watched Liverpool live, so I doubt we yeah, watched sure. Lask instead. We were busy um, watching Lask. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we, we've gone deep into this opponent for you, scouted listeners. A um, couple of things just to note out. They play a back three uh, in all the recent matches of note, so we're going to label matches of note as uh, teams in the top half of the Austrian Bundesliga, teams you've actually heard of in the Austrian Bundesliga and their qualifier for the Europa League group stage where they drew with uh, Zrinski uh, to to go through on aggregate. It was a a 3-4-3 effectively. So we're looking at uh, Andrade, who I mentioned before, sort of playing, anchoring the the defensive line there, the number number 10 captain, Robert Zouge, who I mentioned with the, with the goals and with the sort of playing from the second line, he's either played as one of the support and uh, attackers or has been the nominal forward, sort of presumably going to be one of those ones who rove and drop in and lead the line at times. So wingbacks, two double pivot in midfield. I guess we could see them go with a third for the game against Liverpool, but they haven't looked to have done that so far. Again, as says the internet, not me. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile 
when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. And the internet does never lie. No. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough to discuss that, but a 3-4-3, it'll probably become a, three, uh, a 5 at the back, hopefully playing against us. So it just might be one of those dour League Cup ties, I presume. But this is all just presumption at this stage. Um, Carl, we've obviously not watched the Wolves game. Oh, I've but, watched it since. I just didn't watch well, it yes, live. Yes, not yeah. watched it live, sorry. I've watched the highlights, but then I saw Joe Gomez was in midfield for the first half and was like, <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> um, I'll go through the Wolves team and we'll discuss who we think should start. Obviously, this isn't our ideal start in 11 because we've got suspension injuries and South Americans. Um, there's no point starting with Allison because if anyone says yes, they need shooting. But Allison. Start or bench or not come all together. I hope he's got a, a really, really nice, comfy chair to watch from. I hope he's not watching and he's just watching, I don't know, MasterChef or something. <laughs> um, Joe Gomez, we don't actually have another right back. Right. So Gomez at right back, I've not got too much of an issue with. And in general terms, other than when Neto skinned him like, three times in five minutes in the first mm. half. I thought Gomez was all right, actually, in terms of his position and his starting um, points where he looked to move the ball to. But he was obviously not remotely comfortable or useful in the first half when we kept telling him to go infield in the trend position. Like, it was going into the position fine, and he was getting the ball fine, and then he was giving it square five yards to McAllister. There was no point to it, and it left mm-hmm. us obviously a bit unbalanced and then it left him having to hurry out to Neto and it wasn't really matching us up very well with their biggest threat. I don't know why we persisted with it for as long as we did. It was very useless. But second half, I thought he was all right. You know, playing as a more orthodox right back, he was able to get forward a few times and deliver, you know, okay balls, not not tremendous or anything like that. You wouldn't expect it to be, but he did okay. He gave us an outlet, stretched the play. We were able to press uh, very, very high up through the middle because we had the fullback so high, it, it just looked a bit more balanced. So I've no issue with Gomez starting again at right back, but I just think we don't need to overkill this game in terms of tactical approach. We should be miles better than Lask. Just let him be right back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, unless there's a youngster there, I'm guessing it has to be Joe Gomez at right back as well, because Bradley's still miles away and we don't know about Trent, but I think he is. I doubt he'd be risked for the Europa League, if so, anyway. You'd hope not, wouldn't you? I mean, club has spoken like in the last day about basically not putting out experimental teams and you know taking it seriously and all that, and that's fine. But I just you don't need to. Basically, we don't, we're not going to need to. This isn't a group which is going to be a test for Liverpool in the slightest. I think it's just going to be one for keeping people fit, basically. So when he says experimental, I'm reading that as 
he's not going to start the school children at the club. And basically those who are not starting all the time will come in for this kind of game. So, you know, especially Lask out of the, the other three opponents Liverpool have to play in the group, Lask are the weakest by a distance. So, like I say, unless it's like coming back from injury and you want a first teamer to get a bit of match fitness, like let's say perhaps Ibu Kanate, for example, because he hasn't played for a few weeks, then mm. I don't expect to see the biggest players involved here. Well, I was going to bring up Van Dyke there. Um, obviously, he's had a... I know he played in the international football, but that doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> um, but if I presume we're going to play Kwanzaa? Um, or did he came off with a knock, didn't he? Yeah, well, he came off with cramp, so right. it depends on his physical level. He he went down after sort of trying to make a block and had cramp and got back up and tried to carry on, but couldn't really. So, you know, that, that shouldn't be an issue now, a few days later. Uh, obviously, it was early Saturday through till late uh, Thursday is, is plenty of time. So unless there was an additional knock there, I think he'll be fine to play, but I don't actually think he will. I don't think Van Dyke should play this one either, but that's just more from a match load perspective later on mm. in the season rather than right now. Like you said, he played during the international break, so it's not like he hasn't played for three weeks or anything. Joe Matip, I don't think, had a very good game. Maybe got a bit better as it went on, but generally speaking, I don't think he played well enough to keep his place at the weekend. So if it's Gomez, Matip, and as I say, Canati, because he hadn't played, he didn't play during the international break, then you know I'd, I'd be all right with that as a, mm-hmm. a three. Robertson, obviously, you presume is going to be replaced by Simicast for, for left back. Yeah, I presume so. Yeah, I think centre back's probably one of the bigger debates. I mean, I think I put it on on, on Discord uh, yesterday when I misread <laughs> a question. Um, I would have probably played Van Dyke, but I think Ebu. Ebu's one of them where sometimes he looks fine coming back from injury, but then sometimes he looks like he's never played football in his life. So I'd probably rather get that game away out of the way against Lask rather than West Ham. Yeah, I mean, look, this game should be a stroll for whoever plays centre-back. He might yes, have the odd counter-attack or set-piece to defend against, but basically, you're not going to be asked to do an awful lot for, let's say, at least 70 minutes of this match. So really just about concentration, ball recycling, um, you know, maybe strolling forward for <laughs> no set-pieces. Spr- no sprinting. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully not. Yeah. Yeah, so if Kwanzaa's fit, It'd be nice to get in minutes, and then if Ebu's fine enough to start, I'd agree with that. Um, midfield's probably the more interesting one because yeah. um, Sabozlai has run about a million miles, so he's not play- he's not even going. He shouldn't be going. He should unless he just fancies a holiday in Austria. Um, McAllister obviously had a lovely experience of needing oxygen in Bolivia, then getting rushed back to play against Wolves. So I doubt he'll be playing as well. Um, Jones, we obviously have to be careful with because he does have a history of injuries. So would would just just be a completely new midfield for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. As, as I said, this has got to be a an opportunity for those who have not got all the minutes so far to sort of come in and and not stake a claim so much as keep themselves ready and fit. And for Mm -hmm. several players, because we've changed the midfield around so much, it's also going to be a case of getting used to the tactical instruction. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the other two new faces in the team, for starters, Endo and Gravenberch, maybe for a debut. 
mm-hmm. uh, or you know, full debut. He's only played a minute. So, you know, I, I, again, I think we're going to have options on the bench who are first teamers. No question about that. We're not going to take you know six, seventeen-year-olds to be on the bench sort of thing. So there are still going to be seniors there, but. Endo obviously has not had a, a tremendous start. So I think getting minutes, getting him involved is important because we're going to need all the people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Graben Birch obviously is is the more attacking option if you're taking out Sobers, lies ball carrying, his ability to run into the box, um, the support in the channels, all that kind of thing. You need someone because, yes, we're better than Lask, but you have to have players on the pitch who still do the same thing that makes us better. So Graben Birch is obviously the, the direct replacement, let's say, of the skill set for Solar's Lie. So I think if mm-hmm. if we are doing all change, then it probably has to be him who comes in the team. And then I guess Elliot I is enough it. to warrant himself coming in. Well it depends if I suppose it depends if you're gonna start a dork where Salah would play or you'd move Elliot further forward, but Elliot's probably played the most off the bench. Yeah. yeah. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Elliot comes in because, like you say, he's been one of the first names off yeah. the bench, hasn't he, so far this season, really. Um, I, th- I think maybe an interesting thing might be, you know, we were basically, whether you want to call it 4 or whatever, for, for much of the second half, whether he starts with that, just because of the, mm. you know, the forwards and the midfielders who are available kind of lends itself to it. So it could be a um, a case of, let's say, Gravenberch and Endo as the two. And then Elliot and Doak could both start, for example, or you know Diaz comes in and Darwin starts. It depends which way he wants to juggle the available bodies, let's say. But I would expect that at least five of the front six from Saturday are changed in the lineup for Thursday. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the question is, obviously we, we will rotate, um, and obviously, it was a bit needs must at the weekend because ever all our all our attack is South American. Would you say? Well, I think Diaz is a million percent a starter, so probably more about Darwin. This question: Do you think he's the go-to starter now? Obviously, it's tough and it's per opposition. But if, say we're playing well, West Ham's the big game this week on yeah. Sunday. Do you think Darwin will be earmarked for the West Ham game? Well, I mean, I I would be starting Darwin at this point against West Ham, yes, and therefore I would be more inclined to work backwards. But Jürgen doesn't seem to do that, and Jürgen obviously can't just assume that 
whoever he wants to play is going to be fit four days from now when we've got a match anyway. But also, we know that whoever is going to be playing up front probably isn't playing more than 60, 70 minutes. So mm. it's probably okay to play whichever starter you want at the number nine in both games if you really want to you know, start nailing down a front three kind of thing. So mm. maybe Darwin starts both but comes off against Lask after an hour or whatever it is, and then is you know really, basically really ready to go against West Ham. So I don't think that that's an issue. I know that there's going to be a lot made of the Thursday to Sunday thing across the entirety of this season. I don't really think we can afford to let it be an issue. I think we just you know basically just want to get on with it. And if we've got someone who we want to be playing in two games, well then do it. You know it's not it doesn't seem to be a problem when it's Wednesday and Saturday. So Thursday and Sunday shouldn't be that much more of a problem from a physical perspective, as long as it's not every single week, obviously, and every single midweek. Um, so I would be inclined to start Darwin, yes. Uh, I think as much as anything else, if we're going to have all the possession and all the territory, you basically need people who are just going to be there on point and not always coming to the ball, but willing to run behind, willing to be in the box, willing to be standing on the six-yard box or the penalty spot at times, and Darwin's going to do that probably better than uh, Cody Gakpo is so the only one who I would consider maybe as a starter from the weekend into Thursday is Jota who I think was absolutely horrible against Wolves for the very most part and they had the involvement in uh, Salah's goal but beyond that I think he was woeful um, mm-hmm. but he does offer you that positional ability to drift in off the flank um, the ability to be a goal mouth area threat or nuisance so potentially if you want more or less two forwards he might be the other one yeah Jota's had a very weird start to the season um, he sometimes looks dangerous but then sometimes he looks dangerous to the crowd <laughs> um, but other times he looks like he's never kicked a ball in his life which I mean, it's always been part of Jota's game. He's not been the smoothest in terms of link-up play. and But when he's been in these big purple patches in the early parts, he does link well with with Salah. And back in the day, it was obviously Mane and Bobby. Um, but this season, it just seems to just not be there. Obviously, we want to use the Europa League to get some of these lads in form. So I do, I do like the Jota shout. But he's having a very weird season. Probably Gakpo as well, but he's obviously been moved about quite a bit more. So maybe a slight excuse for him, but Jota is a very strange, very, very strange player for me anyway. Um, So midfield, I mean, you obviously mentioned playing a four if we continue from the weekend. It's just that left wing position obviously Doak's not really played there in senior football um, and if we keep the free in midfield or if we revert back to a classic clock free in midfield um, Elliot, Grav and Endo and then bring on Bicetic quite early to get his minutes up for the season Yeah I mean I assume Bicetic will start some involvement now mm-hmm. Um I, I think we sort of stick with the four three three. I don't expect Doug to start or that we go four four two or anything from the start. It's just an option depending on who we want to be um in the in the team and in the our tactical approach basically for attacking to make some spaces happen because we're gonna have to stretch width. But I think if we play just a normal back four, that 
will kind of do it for us anyway with with Robertson and uh, Gomez so high up. So I would be inclined to go, let's say, Endo, Gravenberch and Elliott from the yeah. start in midfield. And then who am I left with up front? Jota, Jota. Darwin, Doak. Doak or Diaz because he didn't start at the weekend, perhaps. And then he played the half. But again, there's probably going to be a couple of players involved who maybe necessarily wouldn't do usually. And if he mm. only played half the game at the weekend and maybe only played 60 minutes or so here, again, I think that's fine to keep him ticking over and then back into the lineup at the weekend against West Ham. Now, question. I know your answer to this. You don't want more Salah playing. But Mo Salah obviously wants to score a bajillion goals this season. And the mm. Europa League exists for that reason. Yeah. A la Marcus Rashford. <laughs> uh do you think he will insist on playing? It's probably the wrong word for it, but and if if he does, obviously he's a machine and doesn't do injuries. I've now jinxed him. Um, but is there an argument that we give? I don't know. Get more either on the bench and give him a half or thirty minutes, or start him, get some goals out the way just to try and chase these records because we know what he's like. He he does exist to be bar more Salah in these stat pages. Um, from a Klopp and Moore point of view, what what do you think about Moore being involved? Um, I'd probably have him on the bench just because, you know, you get like 700 people on the bench in the European matches. And, you know, just for argument's sake, let's say it is Jota, Nunez and Diaz start. Well, then mm. the only other forwards that we have, senior ones, is Salah and Gagba. So you're probably going to have both of them on the bench anyway. Chuck in Ben Dark as well, just for a, you know, a third and to... to Paul numbers or whatever, yeah. but yeah, so I'd, I'd have Salah on the bench, but just because it is, like you say, a sort of keep him involved, keep him, you know, able to maybe get half an hour and score a few goals or whatever. If I'm looking to take Diaz off and Nunez after, let's say, roughly the 60 mark each, probably Salah and Ben Duck, let's say, come on and just keep Cody back just in case of anything. He doesn't need to play, I don't think. He, he, again, had plenty of international minutes, so he can have a rest. Dark gets a few on the right. Salah goes number nine, and he can you know, have half an hour shoot and practice or whatever he wants. Because to be honest, against this kind of opponent, sometimes you do see not just Salah, but other forwards as well, sort of, let's say, stray a little bit outside the usual game plan and try to do exactly what you've just suggested, mm. score the 40 goals in one game, which... You know, if you're already three nil up at that point or whatever, that's fine. But if it's nil nil and they're res- resolute defensively and they're well organised, it can be a bit of a grind when people are just trying to do the wrong choice at the wrong time, sort of thing. And Salah's not the worst at it by any means, but uh, I just don't think there's any need to. It's just like you say, he would want to probably. But really, if we can just not use him, not use Roberts, and not use Salah's lie, all the rest of it, then I think that's absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, just a word on youngsters. We obviously mentioned Ben Doak there quite a bit. Um, any others you're looking forward to seeing? Bobby Clark off the top of my head. Um, maybe later in the group, Yaros could get a running goal. Maybe, maybe Yaros is the league cupkeeper if Kelleher gets all the Europa League games. Um, I mean, he could be, but I'd prefer to see Kelleher to be honest. If we yeah. asked him to stay or made him stay, if you play. Europa groups and League Cup, then at least 
by Christmas, then he's looking at maybe eight, nine games if he plays all of them. So, mm. you know, that's a that's a decent half season return for a second choice keeper, especially when you consider he basically didn't get any game time last year. So I do think it's important if we're asking him to hang around, he's used well. So we should give was... him the FA Cup this season as well. That was a bit weird last year, or the last couple of years, actually. Yeah, I mean, obviously with Kelleher, the other thing is that sometimes when his time does come around, he just happens to be injured as well, um, which isn't yeah. always the most useful. And that's why Adrian still ends up playing like a couple of games a season. So it would be helpful if he didn't, but we'll wait and see. That's that's months and months away. Um, other ones, I mean, I suppose you're looking at the people who have been involved either through preseason or early on this, this campaign. So again, Kwanzaa, if he comes on and gets some minutes, then you just keep that you know, load building a little bit for him and keep him involved and see if he can handle different situations. I don't think he's been fully tested as yet in terms of what we'll need our centre-backs to do all the time. Um, James McConnell obviously was, was I think he was on, maybe on the bench once earlier this season. I can't remember. He was certainly involved in quite a bit uh, of pre-season. I think he was the Chelsea game, if I remember, but we had like, four, that, play- yeah. we had like four players in the Chelsea game. Yeah. And like you say, Ben Dark as well. There, there'll be a couple of others, maybe Clark and that a little bit further along, but I don't expect there'll be loads unless... We're fine, I love it after. <laughs> yeah, basically. But even then, like I think it, obviously it's got to be a little bit planned beforehand, hasn't it? So, mm-hmm. in, you know, you've got to be naming them on the bench. You've got to be you know, preparing for them to be involved in the match build-up as such beforehand. So... I don't think that there'll be loads, but maybe a couple of the um, more expressive players, let's say, might get their opportunity to have, you know, half an hour or 20 minutes or 10 minutes off the bench in, in some of the matches. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And if, say, if we're through and we've got two games in hand, then maybe we could throw in a start for for a Bobby Clark or something like that. Um, yeah. Um, get, to, get to game five and then we can start talking yeah. about this a bit more because even like even like people like Stefan Basetic we've we've not really seen him yet and you know he's not going to be involved right from the start but he is still a young player we can't forget that mm-hmm. so while you're looking to give minutes to young players and you know the Bobby Clarks and the rest of it might be exciting we've actually got young players in the squad who haven't played yet this season so and they just, need and the entirety of preseason. So yeah, exactly. And then people yeah. like Elliot, still only 20. Gravenberch is 21 and he's got to be really integrated into the team. So, you know, young players, they have to wait for a reason. People like Bicetich, his chance came earlier and he took it as much as he possibly could have done. So he's only 18, let's not forget. So yes, there will be young players involved, but I don't think we need to look too far outside the first team group for those young players. Mm-hmm. I am looking forward to watching Gravenberch. The signing kind of did annoy me because I really wanted a defensive midfielder. But this lad does intrigue me, and that's from basically nothing but FIFA. <laughs> um, but I, you would have obviously seen a lot more of him when he was Ajax um, in the couple of minutes he got at Bayern. I mean, is, is he the one player you think could use this competition to explode on the scene in terms of Liverpool starting his career crack? I mean, he, brutally speaking, he has to, doesn't he? Because mm-hmm. the way that we've started in midfield, obviously McAllister, I don't think we're getting the best use of him at the minute, but that's that's where he is. So he's not going to be replacing him because that's the deeper, more controlled role. That's not Graham mm-hmm. Birch's game. His direct opponents, let's say, for a first-team place 
uh, Jones and Solzlite. Solzlite's not coming out of the team. End of discussion, right? He's been our best player. He's one of the best young players in Europe. And Curtis Jones plays a lot more of a controlled game these days. He's much, much more mature, much more diligent about his positioning work. So Gravenberg has to do a bit of work on that. But if you're trying to make a big impact by your technical skill set, which involves carrying the ball, getting to the box, creating and shooting and all that kind of stuff, you're not really going to come into the team and play the most controlled game all the time, especially when you're playing dross, if we're being kind to some of these teams we're going to face. So he's probably going to come into the side and try to do lots and lots and lots of good attacking play, which is great for us, but probably means he's directly up against Solos Light initially for a starting spot in the team. So it's going to have to be the Europa League. Good luck. And then when you come off the bench, make the change that we need in the match. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And unless we got a time machine and signed Steven Gerrard, Sobos would be very hard to replace at the minute. Um, Because that boy is a freak. Um, Any other players... Maybe not what even ones we've named in in this starting eleven, or even the ones in it coming off the bench. Is there any players you think maybe just to get the season started, or even maybe save the mm-hmm. Liverpool career career or whatever that need to use the Europa League? We mentioned Jota there's had a bit of a funky start to the season. I don't think Gakpo's quite there yet. But is there any player you think you need to impress in the? in the Europa League to then try and get back in the Premier League and Premier League picture? Well, I think Endo is one. Um, Because like I say, Mm -hmm. he's not had a particularly good start in terms of his mobility, the sort of speed he's moving and playing at. We haven't really seen the best of his, even his energy levels yet, I don't think. Obviously, he's not really played many minutes, but when he's been on, I think he's looked quite sluggish and quite reactive. And I know he's a much better player than that. Um, beyond him, people who have already been at the club, obviously you're looking at Thiago. At some point, we presume he'll be back mm. from injury and we'll get some game time. And I find it very, very disrespectful Bad. to say anything like <laughs> Thiago needs to play well in the Europa League, given this is one of the best midfielders I've seen in the Champions League. But for where the team is, if he wants to be playing a part, then probably you're looking at appearances off the bench in the league and playing in the Cups. So initially, yeah, he needs to show again why he's been one of the best players in the world in his position. And whether that means... I don't expect he's going to suddenly come back into the team. He's been injured, obviously. But let's say when we play Union or Toulouse, maybe the back-to-back Europa League games, they come very quickly. So you might be able to get a situation where he plays um, Cup, maybe off the bench at a weekend, plays again in the Cup midweek, and then suddenly you're getting like three or four appearances in the space of what, two and a half, three weeks, something like that. Yeah, like one and a half games a week or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, realistically, that kind of thing isn't going to happen until the other side of the next international break. Um, Because, you know, in the next month for a player who's been out for several months is not really when you suddenly get rhythm back straight away. And especially, Mm -hmm. you know, if we have a settlement field and Thiago's trying not to get injured again. But the other side of the international break, you look at, let's say, End of October, start of uh, November, we've got the derby against Everton after the next international break. And then it's Toulouse uh, midweek. Then it's weekend Nottingham Forest. Then I think then we have a break and then we've got Luton. It might be a league. Cup. But yes, exactly yeah. that. Then it's it's between the Forest and Luton weekends. That break could be League Cup 
So right, okay. if we then have what one, two, three, four, five, six matches in the space of I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. 16 days, I think it is, something like that. I must have miscounted or scrolled too far then. Something like that, anyway. Um, a little bit more than 16, okay, fine. Um, it's it's a reasonable space of time there for 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 game time from the start, but game time integration into the first team again, and maybe at that kind of point when the games are coming very very quickly, and then after that you have a really difficult Premier League run to sort of face up to as well. You'll want your better players available, whether you're starting them or not. So really, between now and the next international break, we're going to hope that we start to see not just Thiago, but anybody who's not immediately in the first 11, producing something so that after the international break, they are there in a place to be called upon because, mm-hmm. you know, as we say, every single year, we are going to be needing them a lot more. Probably goes for Simikas as well, even though we don't really expect him now to do anything in terms of first-team action. It's just going to be the odd game coming in for Robertson or whatever. Um, and ideally, one of the other defenders to really step up because Van Dijk and Kanate are not going to be available all the time. Um, Gomez has already played more minutes than Kanate at the minute this season. Matip has played more minutes than Gomez. Um, it, it's clear that, again, this year, defence is going to be mix and match at times. So hopefully one of those centre-backs starts to find not just ability, but consistency. That's the biggest thing. Obviously, it's not been loads of minutes, but what have you made of Kwanzaa so far? I mean, I've, I've not had a chance to fully watch the Wolves game yet. So I've not seen... I've seen him the little highlights where he, uh, I think one of the Wolves played Mr. Header and he cleared it, etc. But I didn't see the intricacies of the actual defending there. I mean, what, what have you made of him so far? And he, is he... I don't want to say, is he the one who could be that young centre-back we want, seemingly wanted all summer? But could he say... Matip's obviously contract up in a year. He could replace Matip. Then we buy one for the left side, for instance. Um, or is it just too soon for any of that conversation? Well, I think it is, but not because of like game time or minutes, just because he's not really faced the situations, like I say, that you would want to be able to make judgments of. Like Wolves attacked our right, their left, a lot uh, in the first half, which meant that obviously it was more down sort of Matip's channel where where the ball was coming through. Um, I think he dealt fairly well in terms of positional play. 
when the ball was coming across. Uh, you know, he was dragged for the goal to go and cover Matip, who didn't really do anything at all. So it wasn't like it came through him or a mistake or anything. He wasn't able to cut out the cross, but nor were three people able to stop him beforehand, uh, Neto beforehand. So I wouldn't put anything on the goal of him. Maybe one or two issues with higher balls into the box, which dropped behind him, like the header that you, you, you're you talking about. It was uh, Cunha sort of half tried to head it, half tried to chest it, than mm-hmm. what he did in the end, really. But generally speaking, I think he's been solid. Technically speaking, he's been good. Uh, he's not been you know afraid to sort of move forward into midfield with the ball, make a bit of space and angle and make a pass. So he's been proactive, but we're talking like a quarter of an hour against Newcastle during the point where we were mostly on the front foot. Um, I think he defended fairly well against Aston Villa. Again, you're looking at 20 minutes there. Much more game time against Wolves and more match situations, which was important to start to see what he's like. And I think he was fine. He was absolutely reliable, consistent what he did. He made the right choices. I don't think he did anything bad. But can we say that he's of the level we want not until we've seen him in more match situations Mm -hmm. we've not seen him for example run at directly we've not seen him spun with the ball played in behind him how good's his recovery speed what's his decision making like when someone tries to take him on right on the edge of the box we've not really which is obviously massive in our our system especially absolutely 100% like there was only really in the second half one big counter-attacking situation that Wolves had and it was coming from one of our corners or set pieces but basically the three who ended up tracking back or racing back and blocking them off in the box was our three midfielders, which is good from them, but you can't judge any of the defenders against that because literally all four of them were forwards. So much more to to learn about him, I think, before we say at a senior level if he's what we need or not. But so far, I don't think he's done anything wrong. A promising start, but not get ahead of ourselves. What to go with? Um, anything else to add on Lask? On Lask, I mean... Look, well, but maybe not on Lask, but the game itself, I should say. Yeah, I mean, look, Lask's home form has been really good. They, they've had a quick look before. They've they've lost once since um, sort of mid-March at home, and that was against Salzburg, who, you know, we know are the best team in Austria. We, we expect them to be very, very good and beat most of their domestic opponents. So that is a really big thing for them. We can assume that they're going to be probably feeling that this is the biggest game of their season unless they go into you know a domestic final something like that because mm-hmm. you know, did they do that weird playoff thing like the, the league splits in two yeah uh, in the second half of the season yeah um but you know unless like i say they've got an opportunity to fight for a real honors or maybe get a champions league spot right at the end of the season something like that playing against liverpool is the biggest game that they'll play because the other teams in the group are not as big and Lasker not going through. That's that's all I can say. You know, that they're, they're they're not going to finish in the top two of these groups. So we could expect based on previous games we've played against clubs like this in competitions like this, where they're going to be trying to be tight and compact and make it annoying for us and the crowd probably be on their side, I presume, and you know, all all the usual things when you play the underdog away in Europe, especially. So we'll need to be patient, we'll need to be far, far better than we were in the first, first half against Wolves in terms of speed of movement the ball. Like I said, the attack needs to be a lot more forward thinking in terms of the movement off the ball. Everybody was coming towards the ball against Wolves in the first half. Everybody was looking to come short to feet. We need people to stretch play and move in behind. I think the first 
20 minutes of Liverpool's play on Thursday night is going to be very, very instructive as to what the entire night is. If you score early, one, the heads can drop, two, your players can suddenly get a bit of confidence. If you've got people who are coming into the team and they do something really good, that can make such a big difference really, really quickly. Like if Graven Birch does a madness five minutes in and lashes one into the top corner, all hell can break loose. Because all of them will just be suddenly lifted by the fact that Ah, oh, we're getting a run and this is a good opportunity now, this match to make a good impression. So hopefully we see a few players like Costas and like um well, whoever it is that comes into midfield basically really put in a good shift. Elliot looks like he's been very present, I'll say, and very involved in things when mm. he's come off the bench. Not always come off, obviously, because he's not got great rhythm at the minute, but he's been very there impactful. trying to yeah. do everything. Yeah, impactful is right. So again, you you get a couple of these people do some decent bits early on in the match and it can make for an enjoyable watch because it's, you know, an opportunity to see different people do stuff. So hopefully this is the beginning for Liverpool of, I'm not going to label it sort of squad competition for places or anything, because again, I I just don't think that Klopp does that very much, but certainly giving us more options going forward, certainly giving us opportunities to change the team or change the alignment of the team as we did in the second half. So Fingers crossed, it'll be an intriguing watch anyway. Score prediction. Europa League group stage first match, five minutes. <laughs> yes, I was thinking something similar. Um, you wanted to speak about the other game in our group, uh, which is, I won't go for the full name, Union uh, hosting Toulouse in Belgium. Obviously, these two probably playing out, hopefully, for second place, but to be our biggest competitor. Um, either of them teams you particularly fancy to be that second place team? Um, Union, but I must admit that a big part of that is due to how they sort of structure the team and the work that they've done. Toulouse and that had a really good start to the season, to be fair. They've, they've been fairly average. Um, a draw against Marseille at the weekend was not the worst result at all, but um, you know they lost to Strasbourg. They, they were held at home to, by Clermont, so it's not been a fantastic start for them. Maybe we'll see that they overachieved a little bit last season to get into this competition, but clearly the games between those two teams is going to be decisive in terms of who can go through in second place because again I would expect especially on home soil both of them can beat Lask so if they want to be going through this is probably need to hit the ground running for them they they will also expect Liverpool to not just go through but top the group but there's every reason for them both to expect that they can be the one who goes through behind them both of them I think should be in Europe after Christmas obviously because whoever doesn't come second should come third ahead of Lask but you know, you you really have to make the most of the opportunities if you want to be progressing in this competition, and that means for both of them, they have no margin for error from the first game, basically. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. It'd be interesting to see um, to see who who does well there. Um, just checking our time kickoff, uh, just for the listeners, uh, it's quarter to six on Thursday, the last game, so. We're used to the Champions League. It's none of this late kickoff nonsense. Get a late afternoon game for us. Um, anything else to bring up, Carl, before we finish up? Uh, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, it could be that um, you know Klopp decides that he's going to just go first team for the first two, three matches, get points on the board and then rotate afterwards. We'll have to acknowledge that that might be the case. I hope it's Mm. not. I think it's important that 
we get game time for people who we're going to rely on in, in other uh, matches going forward. But generally speaking, other than the fact that obviously later in the competition we're going to see Alexis McAllister and Kevin McAllister playing against each other, um, yes. that that that's obviously the big thing to look forward to. Uh, to lose, I think the only other thing to mention about them is they have uh, Damian Kamoli as the president, who used to work at Liverpool, of course. But we'll no doubt discuss them in a little bit more depth or detail or scathing comments in, in you, days. You and David are definitely going to bring up every signing from the 2011-12 season. That, that might actually just be that podcast. <laughs> we just go through that window and see what happens. It was a not a joyous not a joyous time for David. Although I suppose we did start working with each other a lot during that period. So mm. maybe we have Damien to thank for today's pod. That's very true. Ah, Dave Skyven. Damien had nothing to do with me. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Well, fun, depressing, same thing. <laughs> um, anything to plug before we go, Carl? Uh, I'll have a general Liverpool-themed, but the, looking at all the rest of the um, British sides in the Europa and Europa Conference League uh, coming out on either Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not sure yet. Perfect. Uh, and from me, I was on Tadiwa's podcast over on EPL that came out this morning. I probably annoyed some Arsenal fans with a combined North London derby team, but it was based on form and Arsenal have been shit, so don't blame me. Um, but uh, from that, I'll be on two-footed on Friday as usual, and I'm not sure who's hosting the Raw for West Ham quite yet, because I think Trev is at said game. But that might be me, it might be Harry, it might be some magic person who knows but that's it from us dave should be back for the next one which i presume is west ham uh but that's it for now thank you everyone for listening goodbye we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.